Welcome to the program, Blessed Among Men and Women, with Father John Horgan, a program about the men and women the Holy Father has brought to the altar as blessed. And now, here's Father John Horgan. Welcome to Blessed Among Men and Women, a continuing series of episodes describing the new saints and blesseds who have been raised to the honors of the altar by Pope John Paul II. My name is Father John Horgan, and I'm your host for this series. Today, I want to tell you the story of Blessed James Cusmano, the founder of a great work of charity, who was known in his native Palermo as the Father of the Poor, a physician not only of bodies but of souls. Giacomo Cusmano was born on March 15, 1834, the fourth of five children. On the day of his birth, he was given his father's name, James or Giacomo. And, through his father's inspiration, even as a little one, he learned to love and to care for the poor. Whenever a poor man approached the family as they were walking or leaving their house, Giacomo's father always pressed a small coin into his son's hand, asking him to give the coin to the poor person who was asking for alms. At the age of three, during a cholera epidemic, Mrs. Cusmano died, leaving her children orphans. The eldest daughter, Vincenzina, who was twelve, became mother to the household and always had a very close relationship to young James. Between the ages of eight and eighteen, he attended the College of the Jesuits at Palermo. While he was there, the young boy joined the Sodality of St. Aloysius, which was a society intended to bring together the best of the students into a fervent love for Jesus in the Eucharist and teach them to live always as men of virtue and of charity. During those years, the young boy loved to read the story of Jesuit missionaries in the United States and of their exploits across the Rocky Mountains. Although at this time he wanted to become a missionary himself, his family expected that he would take over the family business and the family lands on the death of his father. Having finished his secondary studies in 1851, young Cosmano was registered at the Faculty of Medicine at Palermo, a very famous medical school. The medical school was filled with unbelief and materialism and many attacks against the Catholic faith and traditional religion. James continued to attend Mass and the sacraments despite the derision and the teasing that he took from other students. Thanks to his fine character and his solid virtues, in a short time he became a model and someone that his fellow students looked up to. The less intelligent turned to him for help in their studies. The better students gathered around him to deepen their own studies of anatomy and to do extra work. The doubtful turned to him for advice because his faith was so apparent and so real in day-to-day -day life. At the age of 20, James finished his doctorate in medicine and surgery with full marks and high honors. This was in 1855, and soon began to exercise his profession as a doctor at Palermo, and especially in the small village of San Giuseppe Iatto, where he was often obliged to stay overnight caring for the seriously ill. The property inherited from his father in 1853 demanded a great deal of time and attention also. 
During these first years practicing medicine, Dr. Cosmano came to have a great love for the poor, those who were forgotten. He would never accept any fees from them, and in fact, he encouraged his friends, pharmacists, and other physicians to accompany him in free visits to the poor. This contact with the poor taught him many things, especially how to overcome his own rather difficult nature and his tendency towards anger and even violence. He remained for his whole life a very commanding man, strong and strong-willed, but the work of grace helped him to overcome and to dominate his personality so that Christ could work through him and through him the poor be served. According to his sister Vincenzina, despite the very great satisfaction that his medical practice brought to him, James was restless, always seeking something more, something better. He didn't know where he would find it. He felt himself more at home, more satisfied with his poor patients than with anyone else. When he was twenty-five, this crisis came to a head. He had to take a decision. He had to make up his mind. Where did his future lay? Would he return to the university to teach? Would he continue his medical practice? Or was there something else that lay in store for him? He turned to his friends, and his friends in turn recommended that he talk to a spiritual director. And so, young Dr. Cusmano met Father Dominic Turasso, a canon at the Cathedral of Palermo, and himself a professor of Hebrew at the university where James had taken his medical degree. Father Tarasso was an expert spiritual director, and later he would be named Bishop of Agrigento, a nearby diocese. He encouraged the young doctor to go to Mass each day, to receive communion frequently, to meditate on the Holy Scripture, and to come to the aid of the parish priest at San Giuseppe di Atto, that same village where he practiced medicine, to teach catechism and to encourage the adults to practice the faith. Later, Father James would write, Through him a new light shone before my eyes. I understood in myself the strength of a new life, and like a new man I tasted a satisfaction which those who have never felt it cannot understand. It was about this time that Dr. James decided that he would not marry and perhaps, in order that he might serve the poor full-time, enter the Capuchins, and by begging for alms, as well as practicing medicine, come to the aid of those who are most in need, most unfortunate. The canon, instead, counseled him to prepare himself for the priesthood, that within holy orders the doctor would be able to do more for the sick and the poor than as a simple lay brother. Dr. Cosmano said himself that he was frightened by the thought of a vocation to the priesthood and was afraid that, in addition to his own unworthiness, that he would not be able to serve the poor full-time. Instead, his spiritual director removed all of these anxieties, writing to him and saying, God is calling you through me. You must respond to God's call. And so, on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception in 1859, Dr. James Cosmano put off for a time his white coat and instead took a clerical cassock and began his studies of theology for the priesthood. 
the day of his ordination, he felt within his heart an even greater desire to consecrate himself to the needy, making their miseries his own, making their misfortunes the concerns of his heart. One of his physician friends, Dr. Enrico Albanese, who had attended university with him, but had remained an anti-clerical and an atheist, shook his head when he embraced him after the ordination and said, James, what a shame. If you hadn't become a priest, you would have had the finest chair of sciences at the university, or perhaps have become the great genius of the new revolution. Father James Cusmano was indeed to be part of a new revolution, but it was not a revolution of political thought. It was a revolution in the life of his city. It was a revolution in the life of the church. It was the revolution of conversion, of turning towards Christ, and in Christ of turning towards the needs of all those around us who are most poor and who cry out for love. Having been named by the Archbishop of Palermo as rector of the Church of the Holy Martyrs at Casalotto, Father Cusmano went there to live together with his sister Vincenzina and his Aunt Catherine, who would keep house for him. He wanted to begin right away his work with the poor, but Father Turano demanded that for the first seven years of his priesthood he wait in order to perfect and complete his religious studies, taking regular courses at the seminary, studying the Holy Scriptures under his guidance, reading the works of the great mystics and the lives of the saints, especially those who distinguish themselves in the works of charity and mercy. This preparation helped Father Cosmano to begin slowly and carefully his life as a priest in the parish, and to understand that the work of caring for the poor was not the work of a single day or week or month, not the work even of a single lifetime, but the work of the whole church. In those years, Father Cosmano did open a small school for orphaned girls, and he entrusted the care of this school to the Daughters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul, whom he established in the parish. For the first five years that he served as parish priest, he hoped that the more wealthy parishioners would help him in his undertakings, even by giving a token sum each month by subscription but instead he remained bitterly deluded. The city had to take care of the expenses of the school, and Father Cosmano opened and emptied his own purse and the funds of his family in order that the poor might be fed. While he was waiting for God to make clear to him how he would once again become physician of bodies as well as souls, Father James gave himself completely to the works of the priestly life. Lay people of every social condition turned to him for confession and spiritual direction. He joined a congregation of priests who especially dedicated themselves to the care of the dying and who would be ready at a moment's notice to spend whole nights at the bedside of the terminally ill. Often, his sister said, he slept in his clothes so that he was ready for any call. To help the poor spiritually, he also founded a special association and prayer group in the church of which he was rector, and this was in order that the poor might be gathered together with respect and special love, that they might learn their catechism 
and be prepared to receive the sacraments. In 1860, Sicily, including Palermo, was the object of Garibaldi, the Italian revolutionary's attention. Sicily became annexed to Italy under King Victor Emmanuel II, but for a great deal of time there were no changes. Father James saw, with great suffering, that the poor continued to lack bread and clothing, beds and houses, and that the rich did little or nothing for those who had most need, their neighbor. In the heart of the citizens of Palermo, Father Cusmano felt only a void as concerned charity. He never tired of repeating over and over again, Mustn't we keep our faith through charity? But how do we exercise this charity if not by assisting the poor with the most humble of services? In autumn of 1864, while Father Cusmano was sitting at table having dinner with Dr. De Francis, an old friend, he saw that with every course that was brought to the table, each one of the members of the family took a certain portion and placed it aside in a special plate in the middle of the table. He asked why they did this and was told that this was the family's custom to set aside a mouthful for the poor, a boccone del povero, and that at the end of every meal, this plate full of fine food would be distributed by one of the children to the needy. Struck by grace, impressed by the ordinary yet extraordinary charity of this family, Father Cosmano believed that he finally had found the tool, the means that God would use in order to assist the poor through him. He talked about it with his spiritual director, but Father Turano was not impressed. He preferred instead that his student continue with his studies and prepare himself slowly for the work in favor of the poor. While he was waiting to be able to provide in some kind of organized fashion that material mouthful for the hungry, Father James redoubled his efforts to involve all of his parishioners in care for the poor. He spoke about the Eucharist as being the food for the hungry, capable of placating the hunger of all men. Every day he himself prepared for Mass with great devotion and found through his Mass the strength to carry out all of his priestly duties. He celebrated the Mass with great care and without ever forgetting his preparation or thanksgiving, which took at least twenty minutes for each. When he celebrated the Mass by himself with only a server present, he would sometimes take an hour, so great was his devotion. At the moment of the consecration, people saw him break into sighs and even tears as he looked with love on Jesus, who had come to make himself the bread of angels, the bread of men. From time to time, he was even seen to be elevated from the altar step as he celebrated the Mass. Slowly, as his love for God grew each day, Father Cusmano realized that he had been given a very special work, a special inspiration from God. One day he wrote in his diary, I was contradicted by my director, who impeded me from this work. 
But that desire was so strong within my heart that it was impossible to overcome or to apply myself to any other work. In order to move him to action, God made use of the sadness and sufferings of the times. Around this period, the Italian government restricted and suppressed the work of all religious congregations, taking over their properties and forbidding them to become involved in the work of the poor. Because of the great misfortune and misery of the times, at first an uprising broke out in Palermo, then a cholera epidemic, and finally a famine. Cusmano was changed then from being a priest who cared for souls to once more being a physician, a physician of bodies and a physician of spirits. People died in the streets for lack of food, and others were eating only the raw meat of household animals. Shaken by this news, the priest ran again to his spiritual director, asking him to grant him permission to put into action his plans for a mouthful for the poor. His spiritual director, who had up until that time denied him this permission, had secretly feared that the young and fiery priest would have somehow allied himself with the more radical clerics who had joined the Garibaldian army. But now the permission was granted. In the visits that Father Cusmano made to the barracks, to the cabins, to the poor huts and ruins where the poor were to be found, he found many mouths to feed. In 1867, with the permission of his archbishop, he founded in his own parish church the association of the mouthful for the poor, the Boccone del Povero. From that day on, he was seen leaving the house early in the morning after his mass with a cloth sack around his neck or a small carriage which he pushed by hand to go to collect the raw foods and vegetables that good families would put aside for the poor. In the afternoon, with the help of his sister or some friend, he would clean, cook, and prepare food for the needy. Then, the food wrapped in clean bags and sacks and towels, he would go to their homes, returning only late in the evening to his own house, his legs and feet swollen from all of the walking, from all of his journeys. We know that he suffered greatly from varicose veins and from a hernia for which he was operated on two times. For these surgeries, Father Cosmano refused all anesthesia, claiming that he wanted to offer the pain for the poor who had no one to relieve them of their many sufferings, physical and moral. By this time, Father Cosmano's work was feeding over 200 people a day. And soon, more than 20 priests and many of the members of the finest families in the city lent themselves to his service. Among them were many doctors and pharmacists who gave their services and medications freely to those who could not pay. Father Tirano, Father James' spiritual director, soon became a great promoter of the work. He convinced his sister, Vincenzina, who longed to enter a contemplative cloister, to remain by his side in order to give herself completely to the service of the poor, 
and he began to gather around her a group of first companions who together with Vincenzina would form the nucleus of a new religious order. Convinced that the first charity is teaching the poor and the helpless how to work, how to care for themselves, Father Cusmano opened a tailor shop in the buildings next to his church and a shoemaker's so that young people could be taught these trades. He established a farm in land that had belonged to his father and so brought the orphans from his school there to learn how to till the ground. He bought the machines to set up a typography and to print his own parish bulletins and other booklets on the faith and catechism. But after some four years of intense activity, the work of the Bocconi del Povero began to disintegrate. Father Cusmano's friends disappeared, and he was left alone. He saw his work diminish, and he himself was treated with scorn for continuing a work that had lost its value. He prayed to God, If your ideas are not mine, cancel them. If your love, if your fire, is not what burns in my heart, extinguish it. But who could have undertaken such a work if not you? Who could have inspired me if not you, Lord? Who feels such mercy for all the miseries and poverties of the world if not you yourself? So if I am deceived, it must be you, Lord, who has deceived me. The city of Palermo offered him a parish, the archbishop a canonry, but he knew that his work was with the poor. In 1874, he moved his small community of orphans to a former Franciscan convent which he had taken for rent. For ten years he lived there, a true martyrdom of spirit. Only his sister remained with him, faithful to the end. In 1874, he wrote to Monsignor Tirano, who had now gone to Agrigento as bishop, saying, Everything, everything pushes me to seek solitude, to believe that it isn't the Lord who wants me here, and yet I don't have the heart to see, through my own fault, a work so great disappear. His director encouraged him to continue. God wants you to remain without discouragement. He will change you into what he wants. Later, Bishop Agrigento wrote to him again, You know that God has destined you to this work. In August of 1878, Father Cusmano was encouraged once more by a vision of Our Lady with the Christ child in her hand, who reassured him that her son was his protector, that his work was protected by her also, and she gave a blessing not only to Father Cusmano, but to the food that was cooking in pots on the stove to feed the orphans and the poor that day. In 1880, Cusmano met Melanie, the visionary of La Salette, who also encouraged him not to abandon the work he had undertaken. And so, with a new heart, on May 23rd of that same year, 1880, Father Cusmano gave the religious habit to the first six sister servants of the poor, naming his sister Vincenzina as superior. In 1884, he gave the religious habit to the first ten brother-servants of the poor, and later to a missionary community. 
It was God's will, however, that Father Cosmano rejoice in this success for only a short time. He did see his work extend to some eight other houses throughout Sicily, and thousands soon were being fed by the labors of his brothers and sisters. In 1887 he will write, The work continues. I seem never to have a minute of freedom, or even four or five hours for sleep. In 1888, in February, he was assailed by fever. The doctors diagnosed pleurisy with great complications, and so on March 14th of that same year, without being able to request viaticum because of the suddenness, Father James Cosmano was called home to God in heaven. The father of the poor, who had always found another mouthful, was called to his heavenly reward. Pope John Paul II recognized James Cosmano as a hero of the faith, declaring him venerable on April 2, 1982. And on October 30, 1983, the father of the poor, the physician of bodies and souls, was raised to the honors of the altar. Blessed James Cosmano teaches us charity, love, and selflessness. May we always hear the cry of the poor and in their words the call of Christ, our Savior. God bless you. Thank you for listening today to the program Blessed Among Men and Women with your host, Father John Horgan. 